welcome to the first episode of Ministries the Podcast, where I talk to successful ministry leaders about how they're using podcasting to amplify their mission and grow their ministry. I'm Tim Hall, your host and the owner of Sonomorphic, a podcast production company that specializes in podcasting for ministries. My guest today is Nathan Hubler. He's a longtime writer and producer with Adventures in Odyssey, which is an award-winning original audio drama series created for ages 8 through 12 and enjoyed by the whole family. I grew up listening to Adventures in Odyssey. Love the show. They teach lasting truths and bring biblical principles to life with just the right balance of fun, faith, and imagination. It's a production of Focus on the Family, along with its long-running companion podcast, the official Adventures in Odyssey podcast, which we're talking about today, which Nathan also produces. The podcast is where fans of Adventures in Odyssey get the latest news and go behind the scenes with interviews from the actors and producers. We're going to talk about how the podcast got started, why they chose the behind-the-scenes format, and how it's been such a value to Adventures in Odyssey and Focus on the Family. So let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Nathan Hubler. Nathan, thanks for being on the podcast today. No problem. Good to be here. So as you know, I grew up listening to Adventures in Odyssey on the radio. As did I. Yeah. And listen to it most weekdays, but specifically on the weekends, because at least on our radio station, and I think a lot of them, that's when the new episodes came out. And mm-hmm. so listening one day, heard about this podcast, this behind the scenes look into Adventures in Odyssey that we could have through this new podcast that was happening. And I think that was the first time that I had maybe even heard about podcasts because it was pretty early on in the podcasting days. Yeah. And I started listening and became a listener of the podcast back when it started. And uh, so I'd just love to hear from you the story of how it got started. Sure. Yeah, it was fairly early on. There were plenty of podcasts around when we started the official Odyssey podcast, but it was the early days of podcasting. I mean, it feels like now everybody and their dog (laughs) has a podcast, but at the time, it was a pretty new format. So I'd say the podcast really was the brainchild of Josh Shepard, who was the marketing uh, person, marketing director, I think, for Adventures in Odyssey at the time. He was also my roommate at the Mm. time, so uh, we knew each other pretty well. And we worked together on a lot of things. And he wanted to start a podcast for Adventures in Odyssey. He thought we needed a podcast for Odyssey and wanted it to be a show about the show something that talked about Adventures in Odyssey, promoted Adventures in Odyssey. And I believe that we are the first true podcast, the first original podcast for Focus on the Family. They may have started podcasting the radio episodes, Mm. which were a production that was already created and then was repurposed for a podcast. That may have come before ours, but I'm pretty sure we're the first original podcast from Focus. Nice. So back when you were starting to have the conversations around it and thought that it was a good idea to to go for it on, what was the goal for the show back then? Well, the goal was to promote the show, to give a way that we could talk about the show without talking about the show on the show. Yeah. So the show is the characters in Odyssey. We want that to be very immersive. And for the most part, We don't talk about a lot of behind the scenes there. There are some, we call them Odyssey scrapbooks, where if an episode is short, we might throw in a little something extra that hints at behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, the show is in the town of Odyssey. We don't want to take away from that. So 
We wanted a place that we could talk about the show, what's happening on the show, answer questions from fans, interview actors, writers, sound designers, artists, uh, have some fan interaction as part of that. And before the podcast, we did have a website, but we didn't really have a way to get that information out there on a wide scale. And so the show was really, from the beginning, intended to be like entertainment tonight about Adventures and Odyssey. Gotcha. Yeah. And then as it got going, how did you start seeing a listener base grow and the impact that that was having beyond, you know, you you can see when stuff gets, when the Adventures and Odyssey albums get sold. Um, it's a little different in podcasting, obviously. You, you hope people listen. But at what point were you realizing that people are listening and this is, a, this is really working? Well, there are some tools now. When we first started, we didn't have any numbers, yeah. but there are some tools now that can give you very specific numbers in terms of subscribers and downloads. Right. And I'd say the two times that I realized or the two times that I kind of got through to me that we were having an impact, that people were listening to the show. One was where we had a video podcast that released and we got a note from the people who manage our bandwidth at Focus <laughs> saying, hey, this video podcast is costing us X amount. Can you uh, limit the number of people who are watching this? <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of a good problem to have that there are so many people watching this that we're going to have to pay more for the bandwidth. And the other was early on in the podcast, we did a, a joke. It was kind of some dry humor, which some people got and some people didn't. We probably didn't set it up in the way that everybody got it. But it was an audio podcast and we had solicited questions from our listeners. And one of them was, can Mr. Whitaker dance? And we played some audio of some pretty wild sounding music and we we're saying boy whoa mr whitaker he really can dance that <laughs> looks like he's pretty athletic oh it, it, he's on his head doing a headstand there and then we said yeah i guess that answers a question that of whether mr whitaker can dance and for years after that we got questions through email through the website through phone calls through letters of people saying i want to see the video <laughs> of mr whitaker dancing and there of course never was a video it was a it was a joke but we didn't set up the joke in the way that everybody got it. So a few years after that, we did a video clip of Paul Herlinger, who played yeah. Mr. Whitaker. We asked him, can Mr. Whitaker dance? And he said, oh, absolutely. And then he did some actual dancing on video. And we hope that answered the question. But anyway, those two incidents yeah. were the times that I thought, okay, this is making an impact because people are responding. Yeah, I remember seeing that video of Paul dancing. So the podcast started back in 2006 from what I saw. So you've been publishing episodes. September 2006. Yeah, for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So what's the value been over the course of those years that's made it worth still doing? Yeah, I think the longevity of it is one of the mm -hmm. values of the podcast and the amount of content. So I heard a statistic and I've already forgotten it on the number of podcasts that are out there. And I mean, it's in the millions, mm -hmm. the multiple millions yeah. of number of podcasts out there, but the number of podcasts with more than one episode, which you'd think to really have a podcast, you've got to have more <laughs> than just one episode, but the number of podcasts with more than one episode is well below a million. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of people who have started a podcast and then didn't continue or started a podcast without realizing what it would take to keep a podcast going. We might talk about that a little later, but I think that breadth of content is one of the values mm -hmm. when you subscribe to a new podcast and you look at, oh, there's a lot I could catch up on here. If I really get into this, mm -hmm. then there's a lot I could go back and listen to. So I think that is one of the values of it. 
And another one would be what I talked about before. There are things we've done in the podcast that we never would have been able to do on the show. So an example might talk about this a little bit later as well is tributes to our cast members who have passed Mm -hmm. away. We've had a show that has been going for nearly 40 years now. I mean, 36, I guess, 36 going on 40 (laughs) years now. And so because a show that's that long, we have had a number of cast members who have passed away and doing a special tribute to them, talking about them in their characters and their lives. We couldn't do that on the show. It wouldn't fit the format of the Mm -hmm. show, but we can do it on the podcast. And so it affords us a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't have without a podcast. Yeah. So with that, you got to hear from the listener in those comments just mm-hmm. on the website. You know, there's Apple Podcast reviews and other stuff like that. But that was like direct. People came to the website, left a left a comment on the episode. Talk about that and how that's been beneficial to the show. Well, Adventures and Odyssey has always been very interested in feedback from our listeners from the very beginning. If you listen to the end of the show, then Chris would give the address. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was a physical mailing address. And now we have an email address, we have a website, we have, uh, well, at the time we had a phone number, we still have a phone number where people can call us. But interaction with our fans, our listeners is very important because they're the reason we do the show. Why would we do the show if people aren't (laughs) listening to it? And so we do care about what they think. And I mean, if you look from the very beginning in Odyssey, there are things that the fans have affected. A perhaps infamous example is Officer Harley, where focus got negative mail about the character of officer harley that's a whole other story (laughs) yeah and that caused him to leave adventures and odyssey there are probably even some better examples well another example of that would be the character of eugene was created from a listener suggestion Mm. she said we should create a character who's like her dad who's brilliant but always losing his keys (laughs) and that became with a lot of development sure the character of eugene and so i think that having our ear to the ground as far as what people are thinking of the shows, what they want out of the shows, is part of the fabric Mm -hmm. of Adventures and Odyssey, and the podcast is an outgrowth of that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a very unique format, as you mentioned earlier, that it's a behind-the-scenes podcast, and it's meant to be the world behind Adventures and Odyssey. What was, it sounded like you gave a little bit of the reasoning behind that at the beginning, um, but what would you say led to that really being the format that you've stuck with for so long? Well, it was a format that was sustainable. Sure. So there was discussion early on of, do we make this podcast like other stories in Odyssey? Mm -hmm. You know, sort of like, I mean, if you've been following the comics that have come around just in the last year, uh, Evan, David, and some artists put together, then there was discussion of making the podcast something like that, where it would be stories within Odyssey with characters uh, maybe interacting on the edges of Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And we considered that, and honestly, it's still a good idea for the podcast, but it would have been something that would be hard to maintain for 440 episodes now that we've had of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And to maintain that level of quality, that level of consistency, because we wouldn't want to do stories that are like Odyssey, but without the quality, without the sparkle, Mm -hmm. without the, the magic, if you will, that Adventures in Odyssey has. And so I think we could have done that for a limited run podcast, which there are those now. When we started, that idea wasn't really part of what you thought of as a podcast. But there are those now that are short form. It's like 10 episodes, and that's the end of the podcast. So I think that format would have fit better for that. An interview show, a show about the show, is something you can keep doing 
as long as you're doing the show. I mean, even after, there are people who are doing podcasts now where they go back and rewatch old TV shows and then they comment right. on each episode. So it's a format that felt flexible enough that it could continue to exist. It could continue to grow with the show and we could use it for a lot of different things. So that was really the thinking behind it. Yeah. And sustainability is one of the biggest things when starting a new podcast is like, if you can't keep showing up on the frequency that you decided and you've told people there's a break in trust there. And mm -hmm. if people can't anticipate when to show up and listen, then that really kind of defeats the purpose. So that's, that's huge. And then has the, the show been bi-weekly the whole time as well? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, I don't believe we have missed a week yet yeah. or missed a bi-week yet. I'm not even sure how we settled on the format of every other yeah. Wednesday. We <laughs> probably had something to do with what we were uh, promoting at the time, then it made sense because we would release new episodes on the weekends. Right. So uh, maybe midweek made a lot of sense to be apart from that. But that is something that as far as advice I'd give to aspiring podcasters is along the lines of what you said about sustainability of the podcast. So it's a lot easier to put together your first episode than it is to put together your next 50 or your next 100. I mean, that seems pretty obvious, but getting something off the ground is challenging. It's hard to put something together and put together something worthwhile, but then it's even harder to sustain that mm -hmm. when you put all your energy into that first one and, okay, we got it launched. And then there's the second one and the third one. And I, I didn't come up with this illustration. I'm sure someone else in the entertainment world did, but now the podcast is like feeding the monster. Mm. There's a, no matter how much you do, there's always the next episode. And so Jesus talks about this in the Gospels, where he talks about counting the cost. I and mean, he's talking about counting the cost of Christianity, of following him. Mm -hmm. But I think it's something we should do with every endeavor we get into is, if you want to create a successful podcast, you've got to count the cost of sustaining it. Are you going to be able to keep doing this? Is that what you want to do is continue to have this podcast? You're going to have to keep creating. Or do you want to create something more limited? You know, a limited run series mm -hmm. that they do now. Is that more what your real goal is thinking about that before you get into it, because that's one thing that if I could rewind to the 2006 me, it's not that we wouldn't do the podcast, but I probably would spend a bit more time at the beginning thinking about what's it going to take to sustain this for the long term. Yeah, well, you've done it either way. You've sustained it for over 400 episodes, which is really cool. Podcasting takes a lot of time, effort, and to be honest, a lot of Googling. What if you could ask like-minded people how to overcome the challenges you're facing starting a podcast, growing a podcast, or producing multiple podcasts? I think starting a community like that would be super valuable, but I want to know what you think. Would you be interested in being part of a community of ministry leaders using podcasts to amplify their mission and grow their ministry? If so, let me know by filling out the interest form using the link in the show notes. And so next question is to do with the Adventures in Odyssey Club. And I remember when this launched, sure. I think it was about a decade ago or so. And uh, January 2014, 2014. I think. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you yeah. It was January of 2014 okay. was yes. when the club launched. So coming up yeah. pretty quick here on 10 years. Right. And... That is another companion kind of behind the scenes to some extent to Adventures in Odyssey. Mm -hmm. How does the podcast inform the club or, or is there any connection in there? 
You know, I, I don't know that the podcast inspired the club directly. Um, I'd have to go back and kind of look at that timeline. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea behind them, as you said, is probably fairly similar in that you want a immersive becoming uh, more deeply engaged with Adventures in Odyssey, having that deeper relationship with the show. And the podcast is part of that because not only do you love the show, but you get to hear from the actors on the show and the heart behind the writers who are creating the show. And the club would be similar, is that you not only hear the show, but you get to interact with other people who like the show. You get to see some of the behind the scenes in some of the videos in the club. You get to know some of the ministries that are alliances with Adventures and Odyssey on certain episodes. And the podcast is there as well. So all the episodes of the podcast are there. And you were mentioning comments. Yeah. This is a whole other podcast about figuring out the right and the wrong way and the legal and not legal way to allow kids mm. to comment online because there are some very specific laws about interactions with kids under the age of 13 mm. online, which this is not what this podcast is about. But figuring out how to make that work is part of what we've had to do with the podcast. But on the club, maintaining that immersive experience is part of what the vision for the club was and continues to be. And it's probably in a parallel track to what we are hoping to do with the podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. And what that makes me think of, too, is like, so the club is a, you can, I think it's a 14-day free trial. Um, yeah. But uh, so it's a they're free trial and then you pay, I think it's what, $10 a month? Yeah, $9.99 a, a month. Or you can pay for the whole year. Nice. Um, what I'm thinking through is, okay, the podcast itself doesn't have any advertising besides for promotion of the show. And that's why people are there in the mm -hmm. first place, right? So what I'm thinking through is how have you seen the show either monetarily ROI or in other ways um, have return on the time that you're putting into it every week? Yeah, that's something that I don't know that we do have hard numbers on that as far as, you know, this podcast led to this mm -hmm. many sales of this album. There are ways that you could try and track that, but any way that you track it would be incomplete. Yeah. I suspect if you talk to a company as big and complex as like Disney, you know, and that they have, when they release a film, then they also have companion TV shows and they have experiences at their theme park that are tied into it. They have interactive experiences and they can track some of those, but they're also going to say there's like this halo effect mm -hmm. that because we're promoting this in a lot of different ways, we know that this is contributing to it. So I'm sure that a company like Disney would have some hard numbers, but would also say it's just the effect of all of that coming right. together that makes a product successful in many cases. I mean, I'm sure they have products that are just standalone that don't have all that <laughs> yeah. animal effect. But a company like Disney certainly thinks about all the ways that they can bring their various branches together to be part of something. And we would try to do that on Adventures and Odyssey as well. We're not as big as Disney, thankfully, <laughs> but we do have the podcast. We do have the club. We do have the radio show. We do have the albums. And so we try as much as we can to keep those in sync so people feel like what's going on on the podcast is informing or is informing them about what's going on in the radio show and what they're hearing on the radio show. Oh, I remember this contest that's going on or this, uh, this book that's coming out. Well, I can go on the website yeah. and find out more about that. So we'd hope to 
bring all those things together in something that feels somewhat cohesive. Yeah, so they're all kind of pointing to each other in different ways, and and therefore mm-hmm. people are hearing about the new album that's coming up or the new book that's coming out, and mm-hmm. if nothing else, brings awareness. And then I'm sure those people are also buying, whether you can track it or not. So that's cool to see how that's all kind of interwoven. In what other ways would you say that the podcast has been a source for creating content for Odyssey? Well, the podcast was created right around the time, I think it was maybe slightly after, when we started doing uh, bonus content on the albums. And so now, when an album comes out, it has at least one bonus feature on it. And it's a similar sort of mindset of people who are engaging with Odyssey are going to want to know a little bit about behind the scenes. Now, they don't have to listen to that if they don't want to. They could just listen to the episodes, but it's an option for them because there is an interest in what led to this this show. And I think there's also an interest, especially in Christian entertainment, there's an interest in what informed the thinking of the people who came up with this entertainment. And so that's something that we try to do through the podcast and the bonus features and through the club as well to give people other ways that we thought about creating these episodes. Here's what, you know, an example would be the devotionals in the club mm-hmm. is that we might have a theme that we were talking about in the episode, but the story dictated that we couldn't get too far into this theme, that we hint at the theme, we, we explore the theme a little bit, but we don't go too deeply into it because the format's limited that way. But a devotional could be more direct with the theme, could expand on that theme and give you another way to think about that. The same thing with a podcast could explore, you know, talk about what the writer was thinking Mm -hmm. when he wrote this episode. A club video could take a little piece of the episode and then apply it to your Christian faith in another way. So I'd say that's, um, I hope I'm answering your question the way that you're thinking, but that's the way that we would try and think about it. How can we, you know, if you think of the the theme as a diamond, Mm. I can't remember who came up with this. We've talked about it before in Odyssey. You know, you think of the theme as a diamond and as you turn a diamond, you see all these different facets with the cut of the diamond. The light reflects in different ways. And I think the more expensive the diamond, the more intricate the cut of Mm. the diamond. And so if you're looking at the theme in these different ways, you see the the light reflecting in different ways. So that's a bit too grandiose now that I'm thinking about it. It seems a little a little bit ethereal and up there. But that but it is kind of how we look at yeah. it. Of how can we look at this theme in different ways that might impact people in different ways? Yeah, and expand it into like you're saying with the devotionals and engage them in even a different way, in a deeper way, through stuff like that. All right. Well, now is the part of the show that I have deemed the high pass segment. I was trying to come up with a creative name for uh, kind of like a, a top three uh, favorites of some nature. And so uh, the little tagline I've made for this, Nathan, is where we ignore the lows and I talk about some of your favorite things. Great. So uh, here's a few questions. First of which is, what is one of your favorite stories from a listener about how the podcast has impacted their life? I think I mentioned before that some of my favorite podcasts are the tributes Mm -hmm, that we've done to cast members who have passed away. And at first blush, that seems like a strange thing of a tribute being a favorite because somebody has to die for us to do a Mm -hmm. tribute to them. But they have been, for me, putting together those tributes has been the way that I mourn the loss Mm -hmm. of these people because putting those together, I'm 
listening through hours and hours, sometimes dozens or even hundreds of hours of recordings with these folks that no one else has heard for years and people who were not in the studio with them have never Mm -hmm. heard. And so it's getting to experience parts of their lives few people ever saw. And so the feedback that I've gotten on those have been things that I treasure. So when Dave Madden's daughter heard the tribute about Dave Madden or when Will Ryan's widow Mm. heard the tribute about Will and when they interacted with me after that, those have been some of my favorites. I've had a lot of great impact stories. That's one of the blessings of working on Odyssey or the Odyssey podcast is we get a lot of feedback because there are plenty of ministries out there that are very important that you won't really see the uh, the fruits of those ministries until heaven. Mm. Because on this earth, it's just the nature of the ministry that you're not going to get as much impact. But with Odyssey, we have this great blessing where we do get impact now. And so those would probably be up there as far as my favorites. Nice. All right, next one. What's been your favorite mic to record the podcast on over the years? I'm sure there's, there's multiple. Maybe it's the one you're currently using. But uh, what's your favorite? <laughs> Well, with a podcast, we have a lot more freedom because we, uh, and I'm not the best person to ask on this, (laughs) our sound designers would have a lot more information for you on specific microphones. With a podcast, because it is a podcast, we can record on a lot of different microphones and it's okay. When people Mm -hmm. are listening to a podcast, they have an acceptance that, okay, this person might be recording on another microphone and I'm okay with that. If we did it for Odyssey, we have done a little bit of it through the COVID ages, but if Adventures in Odyssey, if one character, if Connie's talking to Wit and Connie sounds completely different than Wit does, then your brain's going to disconnect from that and say, something's wrong. This is not just, I'm out of the story now. I'm just listening to how their voices sound. Whereas in a podcast, you let that go. So that's one thing that's a flexibility that I appreciate about the podcast is that you can record on all different microphones. The microphone that I'm using now is built into my computer. And I had a standalone desk microphone until very recently got a new iMac computer and supposedly they market it as a studio quality microphone array mm-hmm. within the Mac. And so perhaps your listeners can tell me what they think of the <laughs> studio quality array of microphones in here. But that's what I've been using for my communication for my desk. And that's what I was using for this podcast. If I were recording this for uh, like an Odyssey episode, yeah. then we'd be down in the studio using several thousand dollar microphones because that's what we record Adventures in Odyssey on are really high-end microphones. But for a podcast, just for the convenience, mm-hmm. then I use what's sitting yeah. on my desk, which is an iMac microphone. Yeah. It's crazy how good they've actually made those mic arrays sound. Even down to like the iPad Pro, there's like mm-hmm. five, I think there's in, in certain ones, of them, there's five mics that they all can figure out and basically model and figure out what's sound and what's not. And I've been impressed with them. So what mics do you use down in the studio to record the Odyssey podcast? We use Neumann microphone down in the studio. If I were one of the sound designers, I could tell you the letters and numbers (laughs) that it is. But we use uh, Neumann microphones down in the studios. All right. Last in the the high pass segment here, we've got what is your favorite podcasting tool or software? Well... I probably don't use a lot of different tools for podcasting as far as recording of the show and then production of the show were pretty much exclusively Pro Tools. So I know that's a cliche answer because that's pretty much the industry standard, but that's what we use to produce our podcast is the recent version of Pro Tools. For listening to podcasts, I'm also pretty boring. I use the built-in Apple Podcasts app on my phone and 
computer and iPad once in a while on the Apple TV to listen yeah. to podcasts. I know there are a lot of other podcast tools out there, and I've experimented with those. Unfortunately, I'm so um, dialed in to the Apple ecosystem that the syncing across those mm-hmm. is what keeps me coming back to Apple Podcasts because there are some frustrations on it. There are some features that other podcast tools have that I wish they had incorporated, but just the ability to pick up a podcast, you know, start listening on my bike ride in and then pick it up at my desk right where I left off. And the quality and the power of the syncing on Apple Podcasts is what keeps me coming back to it. So maybe your listeners can write to me and tell me what (laughs) tool would be better for that, because I know there are a lot of other non-out-of-the-box options out there, but that's what's kept me stuck in that one for years. Nice. So as we close this episode, um, one of the segments that you do, or a question rather, that you do on the official Adventures in Odyssey podcast is a TRQ or a totally random question. Yes. And so I thought mm-hmm. I'd turn that around on you and ask you a not podcast related question. And it is, how many mountains have you climbed, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I assume we're talking literal yes, mountains. Yes, literal, literal mountains. Because I know you, you've climbed a lot. Yeah. Oh, and I I do keep track of them in terms of making notes on them, yeah. but in terms of like one place, like the yeah. listing of every single mountain. Um, this is probably going to sound braggy or inflated somehow, but I'm guessing it's over a thousand as far wow. as different mountains, or at least different, because some of them, like Pike's Peak, I've climbed over 20 times. So if you count right. every yeah. ascent of Pike's Peak, um, I'm sure it's over a thousand. Uh, in my whole lifetime. Yeah. It depends too on what you count as different mountains. There's discussion right, on this yeah. <laughs> uh, among mountaineers of what counts as a different mountain. So, you know, once you get to the top of a mountain, if there's a boulder here, a boulder here, and a boulder here, does the top of each of those boulders, does that count as a separate mountain? Most people would say no, but then where does that become a different mountain? You know, if it goes down to a saddle and mm-hmm. comes up to another mountain, does that count as another mountain and when? How far <laughs> How far apart does it need to be? How low does the saddle need to be? And there are different answers to it. There's nothing scientific yeah. or there's nothing academic about that. It's just a, when do you feel like it's another mountain? Different people have different definitions. So yeah, it, it'd be a lot, Yeah, but probably over a thousand if I had to put a number. And what would be the most recent one that you've climbed? Most recent uh, mountain climb, I think would be uh, just a few weeks ago, climbed Music Mountain, which is in the Sunger de Cristo mountain range here in Colorado, about a couple hours from here. Nice. So uh, that was a friend of mine and I on 4th of July climbed Music Mountain. Nice. Well, Nathan, thanks for answering my my totally random question for you um, and being on the sure. podcast and sharing about Odyssey and the history behind the podcast and the value that it's brought you and your listeners over the years and hope it continues for many more into the future. Of course. Yeah. And thank you for having a podcast about <laughs> podcasts. It's about time we had one of those. It's fun. All right. Well, thanks again, Nathan. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, as well. Thank you. Nathan's such a great guy, isn't he? And can you believe it? Over 1,000 mountains he's climbed? That's incredible. I think I can count on maybe one or two hands the number of mountains I've climbed, so kudos to him. Now, don't forget about the key Nathan talked about to be a successful, long-running podcast. 
you have to keep publishing episodes with a frequency that you can sustain. So if you're about to start a podcast, make sure you take some time to determine what you can sustain so you don't become one of the 81% of podcasts that haven't published an episode in the last 90 days. That's that from Podcast Industry Insights should encourage you to take your time planning your podcast as you determine your publishing frequency. And if you have a podcast already and you're not publishing consistently, do the same thing. Determine what you can sustain and then keep going with that new frequency. And don't forget to tell your listeners your plan so they have the right expectations going forward and keep coming back. All right, well, that's one of my main takeaways from my conversation with Nathan. You can listen to the official Adventures in Odyssey podcast with the link in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Ministries, that podcast, and I'd be grateful if you texted it to a friend or shared it on social media. Together, we can help more ministries grow and thrive through podcasting. And don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next episode. And while you're at it, leave a five-star review with your key takeaway from today's episode. I'd love to hear it. Well, that's going to do it for this first episode of Ministries That Podcast, produced by Sonomorphic. Come back in two weeks to hear from Dr. Michael Easley and Hannah Seymour from the podcast Michael Easley in Context and Ask Dr. E. We're going to talk about how their podcast began as a radio broadcast, why they chose the donation model for monetization, and how Michael's ministry experience has given him a platform to create successful podcasts. Until then, keep encouraging your audience as they follow Jesus. Jesus.